Hi, I'm Erin, and welcome to Unlikely Grace, where the time we spend together in the written Word of God is not just time spent on a page, but time spent with a person, the person of Jesus. My goal each week is to guide you through a time of reflection on a passage from the Bible where you can listen and respond and delight in connecting with the living Word through His written Word. So far, we've considered how a pure heart and a good conscience cultivate a love in us for God and His Word. Today, we're going to look at the importance of not just faith, but a sincere faith. That key verse that we've been focusing on in this introductory series is 1 Timothy 1.5, and perhaps you've got it committed to memory by now. It says, Now the goal of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. The book of Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance. It's the reality of things hoped for. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about hope. Because if there's one thing that withers in the wilderness seasons, it's hope. So what does faith, let alone a sincere faith, look like then? If there's ever a time that we are tempted to fake our faith, it's when we're wilting in the wilderness. There's a verse in Romans chapter 5 that talks about hope in sort of a surprising way. It says this, We know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. I read that one day and I thought, Affliction produces endurance. Check. It sure does. Endurance produces proven character. Yep, I can see that. But proven character as the source of hope? Wait a minute. I would much rather see hope as some supernatural infusion that God grants me. But if it worked that way, it would bypass the most important ingredient of all. Faith. Faith reaches all the way into eternity and pulls back a foretaste of that wholeness and healing that I need in the present, in my journey here and now. Think about the way a cut heals. If you had a wound on your arm, where would the healing begin? It wouldn't be from within the wound itself, would it? Healing begins at the edges first and works its way in. The wholeness and the healing swallow up the rotten places. It's impossible to start in the center of a wound and build out from there. But I think that's sometimes what I expect of God. I want him to just wave a magic wand over my wounded heart when he expects me to do a few things in faith around the edges. And it's not that he's absent or aloof in that process. His spirit fuels those baby steps of faith that he's asking me to take. But I have to actually be the one who takes those steps. My faith is only sincere when it's in action. 
In the wilderness, it's so easy to lose hope. It's easy to stall out in our Christian growth and just settle for something far less than what God's promised us. He wants to be our delight. He wants to capture our attention and our passionate affection. But maybe you're like me, and you find it hard to have the faith to believe that he can truly satisfy you, that in his presence there really is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forever, as Psalm 1611 puts it. Are those just empty words on the page of our Bibles, or do we know the substance and reality of them? by faith. When my faith is not sincere, I end up camping out on a plateau of dismal Christian duty when God has promised me so much more. This so much more that God promises, though, please don't confuse that with trying harder and doing more. We are powerless to rewire ourselves. We're powerless to grow this kind of love in our own strength. I don't claim to know all the ins and outs of this, but as I move beyond that plateau of Christian duty in my own life, I'm discovering that it has something to do with my will cooperating with God's grace. Learning to love Jesus with everything in me by receiving his supernatural grace to do so. When we opt instead to half-heartedly settle for some sort of lesser dutiful existence, purifying our actions but not our hearts, ignoring those gentle pricks of conscience that point us to where God wants to work to change us, then we come to a standstill. Maybe hoping somehow that we can just fake it till we make it, but faking it gets us nowhere. Until we allow God access to those deeper parts of us where he can begin to transform our hearts, transform our affections, how can he ever actually change us or grow us? We end up camping out on that plateau of Christian duty, far shy of the love and the joy that could be ours. It's such a strange and very deceptive form of spiritual bondage, really. And I truly believe that it's a major tactic of the enemy to spoil the impact that we could have on a watching world. A world that wants to see a faith that's sincere. And a people who are sincerely delighted in their Savior. I don't know about you, but... I feel like we have circled right back to where we began. Love springs from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. But being attentive and responsive and delighted also spring from love. Do you remember what the disciples did after the horror and confusion of the crucifixion? They returned to Galilee to what was familiar, picking up their fishing nets again. And do you remember Jesus cooked breakfast for his despondent disciples one morning on the beach? After breakfast, Jesus invited Peter to walk with him down that pebbly beach. 
And he asked Peter a piercing and puzzling question three times. Do you remember what it was? Do you love me? Maybe you're thinking, what in the world does love have to do with it? Shouldn't Jesus have chided Peter for all the ways his heart had been divided? For the way he had denied him three times? Shouldn't he have chastised him for not repenting or asked him how he was going to make up for his repeated failure? Shouldn't he have called Peter out on his hypocrisy and insincerity? Or maybe quizzed him on how he could ever be such a fake or be so unfaithful? What does love have to do with any of that? It has everything to do with it. Jesus wanted Peter to understand that their relationship hinged on love. There was a time I desperately needed Peter's lesson on love too. My rooster crowed with all the fury of hell, and I discovered too late that duty could neither keep me on my feet nor put me back on them again. Only love had the power to do that. Not determination, not my resolve or my willpower, not even habit. Only love. If you can relate to anything that I have shared in these first few podcasts, I urge you, please don't make some sort of elaborate checklist for how you can work on purifying your heart or quickening your conscience or making your faith more sincere. I challenge you instead to open God's word every day, remembering that your real goal is to meet with the living word himself. And I don't say that to downplay the importance of our Bibles in any way. I say it to underscore the fact that the Bible can only do its good work in us at the level of our hearts. Keep these three things in mind as you read his word to you. Pay attention to the words on the page, but also to how God's Spirit uses them to stir your heart and ask yourself how you can respond. Is Jesus asking you a question? Then answer him honestly. Is there a step of faith he's asking you to take? Take it, believing that he will meet you with the supernatural strength and even delight. Like Psalm 40 verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, my God, and your instruction is deep within me. Let it dwell deeply in you. In closing, I just want to encourage you, if if you've been finding it difficult to be attentive to the living word or to be responsive and to be truly delighted with Jesus, can I just invite you, if you're comfortable to do so, to close your eyes for a moment and imagine that the risen Christ is inviting you to take a walk with him. If you know there are corners of your heart that are not pure, listen to the question he has for you. Do you love me? If you're struggling to be responsive and you know that you've ignored his questions and his invitations in the past, hear him ask you now, do you love me? 
if you're finding it hard to have the faith to believe that he really can delight and satisfy you, guess what he's going to ask you for a third time? Do you love me? My prayer for each of us is that we will sincerely delight in paying attention and responding in obedience to Jesus. I pray that his word will dwell deeply within us, beyond the level of our heads, right down to the depths of our hearts. And may we trust God with our whole heart, for it's then that his word promises to make our paths straight. Lord, we long to see you, and we know that only an upright heart can look straight up into your face. We long to know Jesus for who he really is, and we pray in his name for every cold corner of our heart to be set aflame by your love. Lord, burn away what holds us back, from loving you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. I pray that you would bless each one listening in this moment with a fresh encounter of your divine love. Well, that brings us to the end of this introductory Start Here series, and I hope that it's been helpful to give you a peek behind the scenes at why I wanted to start this podcast In the next episode is when we are going to dive into our first reflection session. And my idea for these is that each month we'll have a theme that the verses we look at will tie back to and align with somehow. So for the first while, we are going to be walking through the Beatitudes of Jesus. So for the next month, we're going to be considering that first Beatitude where Jesus promises Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So as you go through your week this week, think about those words. And each week for the next month, we'll look at a different scripture passage that will hopefully help to illuminate that promise. If you like to journal your prayers and thoughts as you interact with God's word, then I encourage you to visit my website at erinheatherevans.com where you can download for free a prayer journaling page to accompany those upcoming episodes. That's it for this week. If you haven't downloaded the journaling page yet to accompany our reflection sessions, you can find it at erinheatherevans.com. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you most love to listen to podcasts. And if you want to connect in other ways, you can always find me at erinheatherevans.com or on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram. And if you know someone who would benefit from these times of drawing near to Christ through the scriptures, I would love it if you shared this episode with them and invited them into this journey of learning to live in love with the living word. I leave you with the words of St. Benedict, A prayer for you to tuck into your heart this week and carry with you. Gracious and Holy Father, give me wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to fathom you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, 
and a life to proclaim you. Through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.